Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus right now. Come on, the Bible says clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I wonder if any young people feel victorious today. If you feel victory in the house, would you lift your voice as you clap your hands? And let the Lord know that we come expecting and believing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, that's it, young people. Praise Him like you know how. Come on, praise Him like you're at home right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an honor and a privilege. A great honor and a privilege to be with you wonderful young people. And I love young people. Before we get too spiritual or get too far into this, there is there's a couple people need to put this service on pause for just a minute. The first one is First Pentecostal of Dangerfield, Texas. The next is New Life Ministries of North Little Rock. You have parked in reserved parking, and it's fixing to cost you dearly. <laughs> so they're, they're out there getting ready to tow it, is what I was told. They had to be this note. So if you're either one of those, represent either one of those, it, you don't want to have to take up an extra collection when you get home. And just slyly make your way out. Um, I feel very unqualified to be here today. Uh, I, I know for a fact that in my flesh there is no good thing. I'm not deceived today. But I am honored. I appreciate this youth committee and their leadership and their prayerfulness and their longing and desire for the things of God and the word of God. And uh, to the executive council of the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship, we salute you today. We love you, don't we, young people? We appreciate your leadership. You're making these kind of things possible for us. And then I certainly love and appreciate today my pastor, Pastor Joe Holmes. And then the one who really does most of the pastoring in my life. And that's Brother Nathan Holmes. And I love and appreciate these two men very, very much. And uh, my hat is off to them, if for nothing else, than putting up with me. And that is a chore. I've been there at times when I had Brother Holmes so aggravated. He'd tell Nathan, he's your saint. Do something with him. So... <laughs> If I mess up today, it's because Brother Nathan Holmes didn't do enough for me. If I do good, it's because the Lord smiled on us and Brother Nathan Holmes done plenty. Without any further ado, I want to turn your attention today to the book of Numbers, the 14th chapter, the 11th verse. And then I'm going to read in Deuteronomy, the first chapter. And while you're turning, I am delighted and honored today to have my family here with me and I love my wife and my children the rest of my family that's here I have a wonderful wife and angelic children 
They never misbehave. They're calm. I'm, I'm probably fixing to get struck right here from, from the beginning. I appreciate all you pastors that put up with me and my little angelic children while we're having revival in your churches. <laughs> I think some of you get the victory out of self-defense over my sweet little angels. I really do feel a message on my heart today. I really do. I don't feel just a little sermon. I didn't, I didn't go Google some catchphrases and print me off something little cute. But I really was at an old-fashioned prayer meeting and I was weeping and crying and talking to the Lord. And God began to burn something deep in my spirit. We are, I really believe this, we are in a transitional time in our entire movement. Not just this fellowship. Not just another fellowship, but our movement is in a time of transition. And, and it is a good thing, but it can also be a very scary thing. Because in transition, you can either continue to march towards the promise, or you can get caught up and lost and begin to wander in the wilderness. And I believe that in this conference... That the Holy Ghost wants to speak a certain sound. And he wants to give us some instructions. And he wants to help us that we would boldly march in to our land of promise. A land that's already prepared for us. A land that we're not even going to fight for because the Bible says that this battle's not ours, it's the Lord's. Our part is not the fighting. Our part is just making sure we can stay on track in our marching and not get lost and caught up in wandering. So with that in mind today, I, I want to read to you from Numbers, the 14th chapter, and the 11th verse. Israel is in much the same place I believe we're in in this generation. And here they have never been any closer to the promises of God. That land in which God come down and spoke to Moses and he said, now it's time to get up, get out and get into that good land, that large land, that land that's flowing. And so in the first part of Numbers, the 14th chapter, in the latter part of the 13th chapter, they have sent out spies and they come back. And the Bible says 10 of them come back, not with a negative report. We, we like to talk about them coming back with a negative report. But what God calls negative is he said they come back with an evil report. And so we read in Numbers, the 14th chapter, in the 11th verse, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? Everybody say, provoke me. Verse 20, And the Lord said, because Moses went to weeping and crying and travailing when God threatened to kill them all, the Lord said, I've pardoned according to thy word. He had a preacher that was willing to stand in the gap. Aren't you thankful for your pastor? He said, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him because of the words that you've spoken and you prayed. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, 
and have tempted. Everybody say tempted. Tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear until their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me. Deuteronomy, the first chapter, the third verse. Deuteronomy 1, 3. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. Verse 6, the Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, This is where I feel we're at today. Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Verse 8, behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers Abraham. Isaac and Jacob to give unto them and to their seed after them. The very next chapter 2, verse 2 again, and the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. There's some things in Pentecost. That we've been proving God and provoking God over long enough. And it's time that, that we quit wondering and we start marching back to that good land, that large land. Those miracles, those signs, those wonders. That book of Acts revival. Not those hundred soul revivals, but those thousand soul revivals. And I just felt the Holy Ghost burn this question into my heart that I want to use as my subject today. And it's will we continue to provoke... Or will we begin to possess? Will we continue to provoke? Or will we begin to possess? I believe I'm looking at a generation that's ready to march in and possess the land. If you're ready, would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands and ask God to help us right now? God, I need your help. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated here this morning. I I want to use today, by the help of the Lord, for an example, according to the words in which Paul instructed us, the children of Israel, as as, uh, somewhat of a launching pad, uh, 
when, when you go back and you study the children of Israel, they really are a beautiful example. And they went through so many things and not just went through so many things, but they conquered so many things that I believe we would be very foolish not to at times go back and examine. And uh, my daddy always told me, he said, that there's some things that you'd be better off learning from others' mistakes instead of you having to learn through your own trial and error. And, and I believe that the children of Israel went through some things and they, uh, they, they, they were judged for some things and then they conquered because of some things that we would be very foolish not to examine their lives and use the roadmap in which they have already laid out and established for us that we might possess all that God has promised that we could possess. God had come down Moses on the backside of a mountain and he's been there for quite some time and he knows that, that, that there's an anointing on him and he knows that God has called him to do something great and it seems that, that, that because of the circumstances and the conditions that it just never is going to come to pass but the Bible says that there came a day that God began to speak to Moses and you know the story how he comes upon this burning bush and it's burning with fire yet not being consumed and out of that God begins to speak to Moses and he says listen and and I'm paraphrasing a little bit he said I have not forgot the covenant that I've made with my people I I make a covenant and I, I don't break my word heaven and earth may pass away but my word is forever settled and he says, I, I, I remember, I remember the covenant that I made with your fathers. And, and he said, I see the condition that my people are in. And he said, I've heard their cries. In other words, they've got finally desperate enough that they've got to crying out and talking to me. And prayer always moves me. And so because I've heard their prayers and their cries, he said, now I've come down to deliver them. And just as God always does, he never just delivers us out of something. But when he delivers us out of something, it's always into something greater and better. He said, I've come down to deliver them out of Egypt and up into that land of promise, that good land, that large land, that land that's flowing with milk and honey. And so God puts the children of Israel in their transition. And they begin to march towards what it was that God had already made available for them to possess. And, 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 and so it is that, that we see that as they're marching, and it's obvious as the Bible records, God brings them up with a high hand. And Paul, looking back, he said, I, I want you to pay attention to something, brethren, that you would not be ignorant. He said, because all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and they did all eat the same spiritual meat they did all drink of the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ and then after telling us that they all preached out of the same Bible Regardless of what fellowship or organization they might have belonged to they all experienced the same Holy Ghost There was only one way to get that Holy Ghost. They all had to follow the same directions. But he didn't put all of them in the same boat. Because the very next verse says, But yet with many of them, 
God was not pleased. And that's why the great apostle Paul said they were overthrown in the wilderness. And then Paul went on to write, these things were given for us as our examples. And then picking up the pen and beginning to write again in Hebrews, the third chapter and the ninth verse, we're giving uh, really, in my opinion, the underlying reason why the children of Israel did not possess their promise uh, immediately following the deliverance in Egypt. And it's really what I want to talk about today. The Bible says your fathers, this is, this is talking back to them and trying to give them some more instruction and reminding them of an example that they should have fresh on their minds. He said, your fathers tempted me. They tempted me and proved me and therefore saw my works 40 years. He said, I was grieved with that generation and said they do err in their heart. They have not known my ways. And so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And then he begins to give us a warning. He said, take heed, brethren. And I appreciate you staying with me for just a moment because I really am going somewhere. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And this is how he said, I know your heart is filled with unbelief and it's evil because you would be departing from the living God. He said, but exhort one another daily while it is called the day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. He said, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. He said, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard, they heard, they had the preacher, they had the word, they had the map, they had all the ingredients because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. But how can they hear still? They can't hear without a preacher. We still can't hear the voice of God without a preacher. I appreciate our beautiful choirs. I appreciate our talented musicians. I, I love and appreciate all of our programs. Uh, but we will still never hear the word any more clearly uh, than when an anointed man of God uh, that has a word from God uh, begins to stand and declare the oracles of God uh, without fear and without favor. I really do feel like preaching today because God has a good land, a large land, a land that's flowing. God's got some miracles, some signs and wonders that he said would follow those of us that believe. And I'm ready to start marching again towards our promise. He said they heard. But then this is what they did. They provoked. Howbeit not all. This is scary to me. He said, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Not all of them. Some of them provoked, and that's the scary part, because we can all be in the same place at the same time. But just because we are different on just a few things... 
God can be happy with some of us and very aggravated and upset with others of us. And he said, Mo, he said that, that they weren't all that way, but, but with whom was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he? It, it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to be very careful here today. And I've prayed that God would give me wisdom to deliver all that he's put on my heart. And that every word that come out of my mouth would be orchestrated and ordained of him. But, but, but you, you, you have to understand that when, when we're not careful and don't pay attention to all. Everybody say all. Not just some, but all of the holy word of God. We begin to provoke God and God swears something else. And it's you're no longer going up into, but I'm fixing to take you out of marching and let you start wondering. And it doesn't matter how many self-help books you read. It doesn't matter how much money you have to hire whoever to improve your music. It doesn't matter how many programs you get going on. When you get God mad at you, all you're doing is spinning your wheels, wandering around the same old mountain. Because this is not about our might. This is not about our power. This is not about our personalities. This is not about our talent. He said it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And then he said this. He said they, they did sin. They, 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 they did fornicate. They, they, they did rise up and, and I had to swallow thousands of them. They, they did all that. But God understands humanity better than many of us do. And he understands that the only way that we're ever going to be perfected uh, is when we take off this mortal and put on immortality. See, if you're waiting for your church to be so clean to have revival, uh, you're never going to have revival. Uh, because sin doth abound. Uh, but where sin did abound, uh, grace did much more abound. We're not justifying sin. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we've all sinned uh, and come short of the glory of God. Uh, let him who's without sin uh, cast the first stone. And I've come to propose to you today, and I'm not justifying it, and you need to pray through over, and you need to plead the blood of Jesus, uh, and ask forgiveness for it. But I propose to you today uh, that the reason some of us are not seeing the revivals that we desire to see, and that for many, 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 many years uh, have been prophesied over and over and over again by many different men of God over our pulpits concerning these signs, uh, and these wonders, uh, and these miracles. It's not because of sin, because the price for sin has already been paid when he tiptoed down through 40 and two generations and came in the volume of the book. He forever redeemed man from the wages of sin and gave us an opportunity unto eternal life. Our problem 
And I want to be very careful that you understand I'm not condoning sin because God paid the supreme sacrifice to help us overcome sin. But I'm afraid that the reason we're not seeing uh, all that we've been promised in this good book that we can see is not because we have some fornicators in our churches. It's not because we have some crazy couples that's committing adultery. It, 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 it's not because you go to high school or the college campus uh, and, 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 and you stumble over something and conviction begins. That, 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 that's not the reason. The reason, in my opinion, and I, I'm, I'm very submitted to these elders here today, and they can get up and fix all this if I make a mess of it. But the reason we're not seeing all that we want to see, the reason they could not enter in, the Bible says, was because of their unbelief. And I... I begin to look into that a little bit and pray over that some. And I begin to realize that that unbelief was not simply a lack of faith. But what that unbelief was, is they refused to just accept the fact that God means everything he says and only says exactly what he means. In other words, in other words... They started trying to write their own roadmap. They started trying to rewrite their own Bible. They started trying to take this away from over here and put that in over there because it was much more easier in appealing to their flesh. It wasn't they had just come out of Egypt. It wasn't that they didn't believe God was a mighty God. It wasn't that they didn't believe that God could deliver. It wasn't that they didn't believe God was a miracle worker. But the Bible said that through their proving. Everybody say proving. Through their proving. Through their proving. Through their proving. For them always trying to dumb down the real message. Trying to make it somewhat easier or more enticing or... Through their proving, they begin to provoke the one thing that they was not nearly big enough to tangle with. And I've come to propose today that the reason so many of us feel like we've been beating our heads against the walls... The reason that that we're starting to question those prophetic words that seem to still continually come that God is going to send revival to this city. God is going to send revival to this church. Uh, God really does want to add and God really does. And and we're getting frustrated and we're getting aggravated. uh, And and, and some of us are starting to wander and doubt and question. But I believe that God began to speak directly to my spirit uh, and said, I tell you what the root of the problem is. uh, It's before you can get up and out of and into uh, you've got to just forever settle some things in other words in other words I didn't hand any of y'all the keys to the kingdom I didn't instruct any of you to write the directions 
Your only instruction was to preach the word. Not your word, but the word. And before we can possess the promise, uh, we've got to quit being wishy-washy uh, and inconsistent uh, with the word. Uh, we need to settle in our hearts uh, that if he comes tomorrow uh, or waits another thousand years, uh, that there's only one Lord, uh, there's only one faith, uh, and there's only one baptism. And neither is there salvation uh, in any other. Uh, for there is no other name under heaven uh, given among men uh, whereby we must be saved. They have all the meetings they want to have. They ain't hash it out all they want to hash it out. They can try to put all the spins on it they want to put on it. But when it all gets down to the truth of the matter, except we quit proving God and forever settle it, that as Pentecostals, as people of the name, we can't let you in any other way except you're born of the water and of the Spirit. We're never going to possess the promise. I don't care how many buses they fill up. I don't care how big the churches are. They're not in his promises. They're not in his rest. Because there's only one way. And that's to repent of your sins. That's to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of them sins. And receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We need to quit provoking God and we need to start possessing the promise. There is no such thing as a light doctrine. God does it. God once winked at ignorance, but now he commands all to repent. It does matter what you know and what you don't know. Uh, and what you need to know uh, is whether I understand it or I don't understand it. Uh, I can't be saved and bypass Acts 2.38. Uh, if I die without repenting, uh, if I die without being baptized in Jesus' name, uh, if I die without the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, I have no chance of making it to heaven. Because you've got to be born of the water. You've got to be born of the Spirit. Or you can't even see it. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I'm telling you, we don't have just a message. We've got the only message. We don't have just a doctrine. We've got the only doctrine. Now, I really do appreciate you coming out of them risers and getting close to this front. But, but let, let, let me get to my next point before you get real excited. Because I figured we'd hit a high note when we got to talking about Acts 2.38 with this group. I felt pretty safe. But in prayer, and I know I don't have time to qualify everything that I'm preaching and saying, and I don't feel like I have to. But, but, but in prayer... I felt like that there's really all along been two camps in our movement. When I say our movement, I'm talking about Pentecost as a whole. There's been two camps. And both of them have been proven and provoking God. 
One of them is just as guilty as the other. And I've been guilty of being in one of them. See, I, I, I get this kind of stuff when God starts wearing me out. When I start wondering why I can't see what I've, what I've read about other people's receiving. And I begin to feel in my spirit and it's just ate on me till it's consumed me that there's two camps in Israel. And one of them is, they're so holy, they can't have revival. And the other is, they're so focused on revival that they can't be holy. See, 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 God didn't call us just to hang on till he come back. God didn't deliver us and save us and clean us up and get us looking right and dressing right and walking right and talking right just to hold on till he comes back. See, 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 you may not cut your hair and you may have your skirt the right length. And you young men may have a good clean haircut and stay away from the parties and the hell holes uh, that's connected to your local schools. Uh, but if you're not being holy uh, and pressing for revival, you're nothing more than a Pharisee and a Sadducee. You know the law, but you need to get connected with the spirit of the law. If anybody ought to have revival, it ought to be us that's peculiar, those of us that's separated, those of us that's a holy nation. And, and, and because so many of us, Brother Coon, fit into this side of the camp, we, we, we're always taking shots at the other side of the camp. But we're just as guilty as those that are filling up their churches and seemingly praying thousands through, but they let cut hair and makeup on the platform. We're just as guilty. Because you, you can't take what you like and leave what you don't like. You do have to leave your hair long, young ladies, because it's your glory, and it really is a sin if you cut it. But with that long hair, you need to get out in the highways, and you need to get out in the byways, and you need to get to compelling them to come. Let me tell the other camp today, you've never seen revival like if you could somehow channel your passion for souls uh, in your desire to see the kingdom grow uh, and then embrace the rest of the word. Uh, you think that it's going to hinder you. All it's going to do is embolden you uh, because when you make God happy, baby, when you get God smiling on you, uh, when you get that anointing flowing, uh, one of you can put a thousand to fight. Uh, Two of you can put 10,000 to fight.
we, 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 we've been proving God. We, we, we've been provoking him. <laughs> and, and we're learning that he really does mean exactly what he said he meant. He really does. He really does. This is the part I've been nervous about preaching the whole message. I knew you'd be with me. But, but you know, you know, I understand that in the last days, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. I understand that. I understand that the church is fighting and warring against things like never before. I understand all that. I understand that we're, 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 we're dealing with spirits that are straight out of the pits of hell. But, but I was praying about this possessing the promise. And, and, and God really began to deal with me about something. And it, it just, a matter of fact, I was preaching a hilltop tabernacle the other night. And it just clicked with me. It, it just, I mean, it just come on like a light. That, that I really am in this world, but I'm not of this world. And so, so the condition of my local assembly, the condition of my ministry, really don't have anything to do with the world. Because I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger just tiptoeing through till I get to my home. And, 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 and God quickened something to my spirit. And there's a lot of us that we're using the condition of our world that we live in as a cop-out and an excuse for not possessing the power and the revival that the book says that we can have. Because, nah, I really do have Bible for this. Do you believe I got the studying about these two men named Balaam and Balak? And the world decides they want to begin to infiltrate and take over and put into captivity the church. And so they come to this little hireling that don't have the guts to preach anything. And they say, will you... Will you help us out if we pay you enough money to do so? And Balaam says, well, I'll try what you want me to do. He said, I want you to put a curse on these people that we, we can take them over. And on several different occasions, Balaam stands on top of the mount. And he does his best to put a curse on God's people. And every time he tries to do so, blessings just, I mean, it's just. He stirs up them devils down at the courthouse. And we raise enough money to go ahead and pay for them building permits. They, they try to curse us, but we, we just keep getting blessed. And finally, Balaam realizes and he comes to Balak and Balak's aggravated. 
And he says, what are you doing? I'm giving you all this money and all you're doing is blessing them. They're stronger than they've ever been. They're having revival like they never had revival. Balaam is questioning. Balaam says, well, look, he said, I've got to be honest with you. He said, them are God's people. And the world has nothing to do with their government. The world has absolutely no influence, nothing to do with their anointing. The, 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 the condition that, and the circumstances that they're surrounded by, you, you all hate them and you want to bring them into captivity. You're bigger and seemingly much more mightier than they are. But, but the truth of the matter is, we, 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 we can't take the power. We, we, we can't take the anointing. We can't stop their revival. But they do serve a jealous God. And we cannot curse them. But they do have some absolutes that they're still proving God over. And the more we can get them to proving, the more provoked he'll become. Now, now you've got to start out real slow with this Balak. See, see, you, you're not going to get them right down there in the middle of their temple. Offering their sacrifices to your gods. You're not going to do that. Because they, 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 they are still preaching against some things. But they, they have failed to remember that it's all or nothing. So you, 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 you're not going to get them downtown on a Sunday afternoon into their arena with their shirt off and their face painted, screaming, kick it, throw it, you, you. You're not going to do that. Their preacher's still preaching, or I hope he's still preaching, against actually going to them places. You're, you are not going to get them directly in, or at least I pray it's still the case, to their movie house. But you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because if you can just get them touching the meat that's been offered, that they've offered, if you can get them Israelites just messing with what you, Balak, have offered, they don't have to eat it. They don't have to go to it and embrace it and buy the $120 ticket. But if on Monday morning, you just get them to walk out to their front step or log on to their internet and open up their little Bible. And if you just get them interested in how many home runs he hit. 
Now I'm, I'm just a messenger and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt God gave me the message. So I knew you'd be quiet here and I was prepared for that. And I feel just as comfortable and relaxed as I've been all evening. So I, I, I really feel like preaching. Brother Wilson, they 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 not gonna get them in the movie house. But if you can get them in Kroger, giving their offering to that little cashier as they buy that People magazine and that Inquirer. And... See, you thinking you're just buying, but really you're giving an offering. Said we won't have to do anything but sit back and watch the show. We won't have to curse them. We won't have to try to hinder the revival. We won't have to try to damn up their anointing. We won't have to try to stop their power. Because the one that's empowering them or get on our side. He'll get off their side. And he'll get so aggravated that he'll make up in their mind that not only are they not going into that power, that signs, uh, those wonders, uh, but I'm fixing to bring them into captivity uh, until they quit provoking me, uh, until they just settle some things uh, that you can't love the world, uh, neither the things that are in the world, because uh, if any man loves the world, uh, the love of the Father's not in him. You, 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 you didn't say what you want to. You, 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 you ready to read if you don't mind. You, you, you didn't say what you want to. You, you, you can get aggravated. You, you, you can wonder the same thing I've been wondering for months now. Why they have me up here preaching. You can do all that. But I'm telling you, one of the lost messages of Pentecost, in my opinion, that's been hindering our growth and our anointing and our revival more than anything is we've got young men we've got young men that if the preacher ain't through preaching by 11.20 during football season you all, the, you all of a sudden get a strong urge to go to the restroom so you can look at your Blackberry or your iPhone you're not actually at their church worshiping their God but you don't have to be Did you want to keep provoking or did you want to start possessing? And I didn't write the book, uh, but I did get charged to preach the book. Uh, preach the word, Timothy, uh, without fear, without favor. Reprove, rebuke, uh, do it with long suffering. Uh, but tell them why they're not in the land of promise. Tell them, Timothy. Now, now you, you, you can justify it and you can say what you want to say and you, you, you can talk about them not being little gods. You, 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 can get, you, you can get the magazine with their cover story on it and put it up because you think it's going to be worth something one day. And you can justify it because you can say they're not little gods. But you go molest some little boy. And it don't matter if you have two gloves 
where he just only had one glove, they'll still lock you up and put you under the jail. But because of his godlike status, he molested a little boy, then show up and do a little break dance on top of the car, and then overdose, and they hail him as a hero. And then we've got people of the name that's going and buying everything with his picture on the cover of it. And we want to wonder why we're not having revival. It's not rocket scientists. It's just studying to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. It's just getting back in the book and realizing we can't touch the meat. We can't taste the meat. If we want revival, we've just got to make up in our minds. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. You don't think they're little gods, but they can get put over, intoxicated, and have dope in their pocket, and being accused of raping somebody at the club the night before. But because he can throw that football, we can't lock him up because... Because we got a worshiping tomorrow and this is Saturday evening and Sunday's way too close and they're fixed to make a playoff run. We, 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 we can't touch him. Now you don't think they're a little God. You don't think they're a little God. You, you, you keep thinking what you want to think. But I just have a feeling that all we've done is wander. Not because of the condition of the world, but because we've got a mad God on our hands. We've proved Him to the place of provoking Him. I got a friend, I've been working on him lately. Good friend. Really been working on him lately. Finally, a couple weeks ago, another close friend of mine and I, we just challenged him. And I said, man, I said, he, he, we were sitting at a dinner table and he said, we, we, we got to talking about my pastor. And he was wondering if I was just preaching it because my pastor preached it. Or, he said, do you really believe this? I said, man, if you cut me open, I bleed this because I've seen what it does. I said, look, I'm not asking you to embrace this for a lifetime. But I just want you to do it for 30 days. And I want you to tell me if it won't make a difference. You know what? I didn't have to wait 30 days. I was riding around with him this week and he's about to bounce out of the car as he began to testify what God was doing in his local assembly. He said, he said, I, 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 I 
knew it was right, but I didn't want to preach it because I didn't think I could do it because I knew. And when he finally got open and real with himself, he got to the root of the problem. He said, I'm bound by this. Well, you can't be bound and have a complete flow of the Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. He said, man, I, I, I've started preaching this. He said, it's been hard for me to preach. He said, but it, it's, it's been almost two weeks since I looked at a sports page. He calls it a sports page. I call it their Bible. It's one and the same. And it's sad. They read their Bible more than we read our Bible. They read a word from yesterday and we have an opportunity to, to read a living word of today. And we want to pick up their Bible and read something dead instead of pick up our Bible and read something alive. Anyways, he said, you wouldn't believe it. We, we had a backslider come in the other night. Been backslider, I forget how many years. Many, many years. He said, and like I've never seen experience such a renewing nobody had picked up the phone and called nobody had pressed i'll tell you what happened they quit wandering and they started marching <laughs> see the land's already there and and for those of us that don't think that we can possess it After a 40-year death wander in the wilderness, they come in to inspire the city for the second time. And Rahab, Rahab notices them. And she runs to them. And she said, oh my goodness, our nightmare has finally come upon us. She said, we heard, we, we, we haven't been really counting the days and months and years, but we know sometime way back there, a spirit of fear consumed us as we watched what your God did for you by way of the Red Sea. And we're just as scared today. What, what took y'all so long to get here? Where have you been for 40 years? We just knew when we heard you singing and shouting and dancing and rejoicing 40 years ago about how the horse and the rider had been cast into the sea. We knew this was the land God said you could have. We knew we couldn't stand in your way lest we be destroyed. Uh, where in the world have you been? Uh, she said, listen, uh, you've got to make a special place for me because it's been 40 years and coming uh, and somehow y'all finally stumbled into the land that God said you could have uh, and we know that we can't do nothing about it see some of you some of you you've went back uh, and you've questioned that prophetic word because uh, all you see is the giants uh, and all you see is the walls uh, what you don't realize uh, is God's already struck fear in their heart uh, they already know the end of the matter uh, they're fearful uh, they're afraid uh, but while we should be possessing uh, we're just wondering uh, while we should be conquering uh, we're still having a preaching 
and settle some things. Well, we should be praying them through in the high school and having revival on the college campus. We're still having to try to settle. We don't worship their gods. We don't read about their gods. We're not interested in being in a time by their I'm through. Somebody come give them some hope. I'm through. I'm telling you, there's been such a hunger for revival in my soul. See, you think this is easy for me to preach. This ain't easy for me to preach because I, I don't believe in preaching one way and living another way. And if anybody's nosy, you're looking at somebody that's nosy. And I love the latest little gossip that's going on in Hollywood. I mean, you you can be quiet. I'm doing the confessing. You don't have to confess. And I'm all American, Brother Young. I love to play ball. And I don't just love to play ball, but I, I, I like keeping up with, with those that are really good at what I'm attempting to do. But I got to praying. And I got to wondering why, why I can't be a verbal being in 2010. I got to, I got to wondering... I got to wondering why I have the Holy Ghost. And he said that you're going to receive power. And I lay my hands on the sick and the majority of them don't recover. I, I, I read in that book that the latter's going to be greater than the farmer. And I seen where they prayed through thousands in a day. And some of us hadn't prayed through thousands in three and four generations of pastors. And I said, why God? You said, I didn't say, it's in red lettering that these signs shall. And I've always used that next little verse as faith. If I just have enough faith. But I begin to understand that he said, these signs shall follow them that believe have nothing to do with my faith. Because in every man is given a measure of faith that can speak to this mountain, be removed. and It does not have nothing to do with my faith that you can be healed. But that signs following them that believe has everything to do with me quitting proving God. Me justifying what He hates and not embracing what He loves. I I don't know what you come to hear and it's not because I'm preaching it, but I'm telling you, I'm giving a word from God. I got to reading about something. Take it up. 
I got to reading about something. I really did. I got to reading about something. Man, I got to read somebody. I got any more of you good ministers. Come help me real quick, quickly. I need a few of you good, you good ministers. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's been revelatory to me. Get, get, get where you can share it. Give me a couple more hoofs of this. Come here, Brother Holmes. Come here, Brother Holmes. I thank God for the man that first preached me this message. Oh, because it's made a difference in my life. wanted I thought as tall as he was he'd catch it well, you, 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 you're not going to keep it for yourself you, you're fixing to help me out with it where's, where's, where's brother Holmes yeah, I will. yeah come up here brother Marks come up here brother Marks aren't you thankful for a clear sound and an anointed voice that we have in brother Cody Marks yeah. come up here come up here Rev mind if I throw this to you brother king I love and respect you and I appreciate you standing for this truth he's got one I need one see 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 I begin to read I began to read about two men out of the twelve that had settled some things that made up in their mind I might have to wait till my day comes in the wilderness with you but there's a day coming I'm fixing to possess all that man just happened to be the one that was anointed to lead when Moses come down and he said all right We've, we've come past this mountain long enough. Finally, there's a generation that's come on the scene that they've made up their mind they want revival worse than they want anything else. Am I preaching to that kind of a generation today? Am I preaching to some young people that you want power more than you want popularity? Am I preaching to some young people you're willing to be crucified to be Christ-like? Because you know if you'd be Christ-like, you'd speak to the dead and they get up. You'd touch the blinded eyes and they start to see. You'd touch the deaf ears and they'd be unstopped. And more than that, you can bring salvation and hope to a lost and dying world. See, see, I read about two young men. <laughs> And they, they, they get back to that camp in the beginning of Numbers, the 14th chapter. And they said, you've got to listen. You, you gave them naysayers, them people that are constantly proving and provoking God opportunity to speak. Now you've got to give me a chance to say what's on my heart. The Bible says that they stealed the congregation. Joshua and Caleb, they get up. And they said, let me tell you about this land. It is a good land. It is a large land. There's houses in it we didn't build. 
There's vineyards in it that we didn't plant. There's wells in it that we didn't dig. And I know we can possess it because God said we could possess it. I know we can have a book of Acts survival because God said that it was going to go out greater than it came in. And if it came in with a wind, it's going to go out with a hurricane. If it come in with a few thousand, it's going to go out with tens of thousands. And they gave us such a clear picture of what just settling some things will do to your faith. They said, if we can just get God to delight in us. If we can just get God. If we make God happy. The only way we're going to make Him happy is quit proving Him and provoking Him. We've just got to quit negotiating hair issue. We just got to settle the fact that we're not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold. We just got to settle that God never liked Jezebel and he's never going to like Jezebel. And if you're painting up and looking like Jezebel, God's going to put you in the same category as she's in. We've just got to settle the fact that we're to dress modestly. No flesh can glory in his presence. So when we show it off ourselves, it don't matter how cute our little legs are, how tan they are. When we showing them off, we're taking glory from him and it, 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 it causes him to be provoked. You know what Joshua and Caleb said? Y'all ready to help me? Because this is the truth of the matter. What's concerning the things that's been standing between you and unprecedented revival. I'm fixing to give it to you in its simplest form. Joshua and Caleb, because they had forever settled some things in their spirit. Said, if you'll just settle it like we've settled it. You won't have to fear the people. nor the inhabitants of the land because they are but bread. You think you think it's the condition of the world. It ain't the condition of the world. It's you keep on proving and provoking God. You yeah See, it's comical, but that's really exactly how it is, Brother Wilson. That is just how simple you can turn those obstacles into revival in your city. Just as easy as you can eat up this bread. That's what those giants are. That's what the condition of this world is. It ain't nothing but bread. Nothing but bread. Just, just lay some of it out, out here now. Y'all are having way too much fun. That's, that's all. That's all it is. I owe you already. 
That's all it is. See, see, Brother Spell, I, I know they, man, I know they like to sit down and tell you all the reasons why Life Tabernacle's finest days are behind them. But it ain't giants. <laughs> if you just keep settling the things you've been settling, you'd have a bigger church than Papa Spell ever had. Because it ain't nothing but bread. We've got to quit provoking in order to start possessing. Now, all I did today was just take way too much time and stand at the door and knock. But I know I've been knocking. <laughs> and I'm telling you that God is trying to transition our generation. I'm telling you, it's the will of God for us to have the biggest churches in our cities. I don't care what the naysayers say. We can't evangelize Hope Corps, the whole world. But the only way we can reach the whole world is to embrace the whole message. Not just what little bit we like. Not just what's easy. We've got to take the whole message to the whole world to have unprecedented revival. You know what's been my prayer? That an anointing would begin to sweep through this house so strongly. That we would walk out of here not in two camps. But that those camps would somehow merge. And the spirit of holiness would get into those that are so eat up with revival. And the spirit of revival could somehow begin to settle on those that's long been living separated. And instead of fighting for a land and provoking as we've wandered in the wilderness, we could just start marching again. We could start living in houses we didn't build. We could get back to eating from vineyards uh, we didn't plant. Uh, I'm telling you, there's some wells that's so deep uh, with such cool water, and it can start coming right out of your belly, uh, cause out of your belly shall flow uh, rivers of living water. Wells that you didn't dig, uh, but we've gotta quit provoking God. I want every head bowed, I want every eye closed. I feel like the Holy Ghost is really fixing to sweep into this place in such a mighty way. I believe there's a separation coming in our movement. And I don't even believe that the Worldwide Pentecost Fellowship is exempt from it. I believe there's such a hunger in the hearts of so many that there's those of us that are through wandering. And we're fixing to start marching. And the only hope we have is to march together. 
Because all you can do while you wander in the wilderness is slowly but surely die off one by one by one. You hear me? It's going to take something from heaven to transition us. It's not something we can do in and of ourselves. The reason is, is because some of us are so bound by some of the things I've preached about that it's going to take a sure enough anointing to flow to destroy those yokes of bondage. But I'm telling you that anointing is unleashed and flowing in this house right now. And it's for whosoever will. And the question that God sent me to ask you today is will you embrace it and possess or will it just be another little sermon from another little preacher trying to prove himself? And continue to provoke. I didn't come to grandstand today. I didn't come to get pats on the back. I didn't come to prove I'm stronger than somebody else. But I'm telling you there's a hunger inside of me. And what scares me for some people. Is I look at the men sitting on this platform. I look at different men sitting out in this congregation. And I know that we're all so hungry. uh, That we're willing to do whatever it takes to have revival. uh, And I believe that we should all possess it together. There's plenty of houses. uh, There's more wells than we can ever drink. But we've got to quit provoking. I wonder right now, through a spirit of holiness, through a spirit of a God, if you could let the tears begin to stream down your face, if it could become more than just words that you know how to pray, and you could start praying in the Holy Ghost, and you could help the Holy Ghost be allowed to put us back in a position to possess. Come on, I need your help, young people.